TII item 234, July 27th, 2012. Apple spends a little cash. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Golly! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Please visit audiblepodcast.com forward slash today and iPhone. That's audiblepodcast.com forward slash today and iPhone to get your free audiobook download. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Steve for sending in the music you hear in the background. Steve wrote, Hi, Rob. On episode 232, you requested some iOS-created music. This song was created on my iPad 2 with GarageBand. Regards, Steve. Thanks, Steve, for the music. And folks, I'll try to remember to put the full song at the end of today's episode. I also want to thank Greg for sending in the artwork for today's show. Greg wrote, Hi, Rob. I hope you like the attached artwork I created with my third-generation iPad. Used the app Mandala HD to make the background and the app Superimpose to add the TII logo. Regards, Greg T. in Lebanon, Missouri. Well, Greg, thanks again for sending in the artwork. Folks, you can see Greg's artwork in the TI app in the extras for episode 234, or if you subscribe via iTunes as the album artwork, and also as a standalone post in the VIP section, and I'll try to get it up on Google Plus and Facebook as well. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device and would like to share it with the audience, please email it to todayinios at gmail.com and make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, Android will become the operating system of choice for developers rather than iOS within 12 months. Unquote. Adam Leach, Ovum, 23rd of January, 2012. Okay, technically it is not January 23rd, 2013, so he has a chance of being right. But, come on, man. Not only is Android not the first choice six months later, but it is clear that in the past six months, the momentum has been in favor of staying with or going to iOS first. Just saying. For promo codes on episode 233, we offered up a chance to win promo codes for the apps Can't Say That, What Paint, and My Precious. I'll be giving out those promo codes sometime next week. So if you want more info on those apps, go back and listen to the beginning of episode 233 for the additional details. This week, we have promo codes for the app My Mailbox, all one word. Here is the review from the dev. Hi, TII listeners. My name is Arlene, and I'm the designer for a new app for the iPhone and iPod Touch called My Mailbox. My Mailbox is a great app that takes some of the stress out of moving by helping you keep track of all the friends and organizations, such as your electricity company or bank, who you wish to keep up to date with your address. It makes moving simpler by making it quick and very easy to inform them of your address change, whether you move home or office. Just search My Mailbox on the App Store, that's M-Y-M-A-I-L-B-O-X, all one word. So take some of the stress out of moving and download My Mailbox today. Half price at 99 cents for one week only. Thanks to the devs for the review of their app, My Mailbox, and for sending in the promo codes to give away. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, 
send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put my mailbox in the subject line. As always, if you are an app developer, email me if you want your app featured in the promo giveaway segment. There is never a charge for you, the dev. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please also include a 60-second or less order your view of your app indicating you are the dev. And into the news we go. Apple had their quarterly conference call earlier this week, and per the analyst prediction of iPhone sales, the winner was, well, no one. Everyone went over the actual number of 26 million iPhones sold in the quarter. Katie Huberty, T. Michael Walkley, and Shaw Wu tied for closest. All three had guessed 27 million iPhones would be sold last quarter. I came in well, second worst with my what was I thinking guess of 35.5 million iPhones sold. Only one analyst was higher than my guess. Thamelen Kawatan, K-E-W-T-A-N-E. Anyway, Thamelen E had a 38.5 million prediction. Hmm. Still, it is rare, rare, rare event when Apple's actual performance was worse than all the analysts, including the ones that are almost always very bearish on Apple. Switching to iPad sales last quarter, the winner with the guess closest to the actual number was analyst Robert Chira with a guess of 16.5 million, which was pretty close to the 17 million actual number of iPads sold. I thought it would have been around 18.75 mil, but nope, too high this time. Guess I need to go back to conservatively thinking low again. Other bits of interesting details from the call, Apple's total cash now is at $117.2 billion, up $7 billion for the quarter. iPod sold a total of $6.8 million in the quarter. Per usual, Apple did not break out numbers specifically for the iPod Touch, other than to once again say iPod Touch sales accounted for over 50% of the iPod sold. To date, over 410 million iOS devices have been sold. There are over 650,000 iOS apps in the App Store and over 225,000 iPad-specific apps in that group. The iPhone is now available at over 250 carriers in over 100 countries. The iPad is now available for sale in 97 countries. Apple to date has paid out $5.5 billion with a B to developers, and Apple sold 1.3 million Apple TVs last quarter and a total of over 4 million in the last three quarters. There has been a lot written since the quarterly call. If you want to see if someone is an Apple fanboy or an Apple basher, just look at the title of their posts. Those that talk about slash mention just the iPad sales record, those are Apple fanboys. Those that talk about the iPhone sales and the big drop from the past two quarters and being below all Apple analyst prediction, yeah, those are the Apple bashers. Here's how I look at it. They are both partially correct. Apple did have a great iPad sales quarter, with 17 million being a new record for quarterly sales of the iPad, and it represents over two-thirds of the unit sales for tablets in the quarter, and over 80% of the revenue for for tablets, and probably somewhere around north of 95% of the profits for tablet sales for the last quarter, if not 99% of profits. But the iPhone drop-off was pretty significant, and that was not the bad quarter for iPhone sales. The current one is, so expect this quarter that the number to dive even lower. It'll be interesting to see what people have to say at the end of this quarter. 
Again, all was not horrible on the iPhone sales side. We talked about iPhone sales at Verizon last episode, and since then, AT&T reported their numbers. AT&T said Tuesday that it activated 3.7 million iPhones during the second quarter, down from 4.3 in the first quarter, but the 3.7 million represents nearly three quarters of the total 5.1 million smartphones it sold last quarter, or put another way, Windows Phone 7, that AT&T spent more marketing money on than the launch of the iPhone. Yeah, it and all the Android phones and all the BlackBerry phones that AT&T sold only added up to 1.4 million units versus the iPhone's 3.7 million units. Switching to Sprint, they reported their sales last quarter and said they sold 1.5 million iPhones in the quarter. Of those 1.5 million iPhones sold, 40% were to new uh, to the Sprint network, that is, new to Sprint customers, which Sprint was very happy about. They also commented on how the iPhone costs less than other smartphones to support. No numbers were given on smartphone sales overall, but it is important to note that last quarter Sprint sold about the same number of iPhones as they did the previous quarter. So unlike Verizon and AT&T, where there was a significant drop of iPhone sales last quarter versus the previous quarter, With Sprint, the iPhone is holding the line, and per Sprint's accolades, bringing in new customers to Sprint. Which is why, if you go back and listen to the show, it was right after February 1st, I mentioned on the show that I had purchased Sprint. And if you had purchased Sprint at that time, you'd be very happy right now because Sprint is essentially doubled in price since February 1st. So anyone that listened to me say that I went long on Sprint and purchased Sprint and bought Sprint, kudos to you. And talking about stocks and full and fair disclosure, I now own some Facebook stock. Actually, I had forgotten I had a bid in for Facebook stock. I put a bid in, a low bid of $25 when Facebook first went public. And I had forgotten about it. And today I got an email saying, hey, congratulations, you now have some Facebook stock. I purchased at around $23. So I am now long also on Facebook. And I am long on Apple and Sprint. And by the way, for those out there that you may read about that are or were down on Apple after this quarterly call, just remember this. Microsoft just posted its first quarterly loss in company history. Now granted, the loss was really a paper loss due to some write-downs from some really bad acquisitions. Or acquisition, I think it was one single acquisition that killed them. But still, at $18.06 billion in revenue for the quarter, Apple's, that was Microsoft's revenue, Apple's $35 billion in revenue was almost double that of Microsoft's. Or put another way, Apple's revenue last quarter was more than Microsoft's, Google's, RIMS, and Netflix combined. Okay, that is enough of the financial stuff for now. I want to take a moment now to thank today's sponsor, which is Audible. If you go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash today and iPhone, you can get a free audiobook of your choosing. Audible is the internet's leading provider of audiobooks with over 100,000 titles to choose from. If you like listening to audio, which is pretty likely if you like listening to podcasts, then Audible has a ton of great content for you to choose from. And if you go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash today and iPhone, you can get a free audiobook download to keep even if you cancel the service and pay nothing. And the book I'm going to recommend this week is the book Cloud Atlas. This is going to be a huge movie coming out this fall. Google Cloud Atlas and watch the trailer. A quick summary, it is a story spanning the past, present, and future, where people's lives or souls or beings are connected through time. Again, see the trailer that is out there, and 
Once you do, you will instantly want to download this story. So before you go to the movie in the fall, get the book the movie is based on now. Unabridged 19 plus hours of audio goodness. If you like sci-fi or really any other genre, Audible has you covered. And if you wanted to get Cloud Atlas or any other story, well, you could do so on us by going to audiblepodcast.com forward slash today and iPhone. That's audiblepodcast.com forward slash today and iPhone for your free audiobook download. Offer good to just those in the U.S. and Canada. Thanks, Audible, for sponsoring the show. And folks, please send in any audiobook recommendations you have. I know quite a few of you signed up for Audible in the past. Let me know some of your favorite books that you've listened to from Audible. Hi, Rob. This is Steve in Virginia, and I was just listening to the current podcast, and uh, one of your friends called in about Straight Talk and the APN. Uh, my cousins have recently switched to Straight Talk, and they had iPhone 4s, and the edit APN features are not there by default on an iPhone 4, so I had to jailbreak the iPhone 4 and then use one of the other tools to actually enable that feature where you can edit the APN, and after doing that, then I was able to put in the Straight Talk stuff, and everything worked just fine. That's the only catch, is for some reason the APN settings were not there by default. I think on a normal AT&T lock phone, it's not there. And after you unlock it, it's still not there on some in some cases. So I don't know if maybe restoring again through iTunes to the unlock phone may enable the edit APN settings or the cellular network site. But otherwise, um, I had to go through and install some like iTether thing or iTether APN, which just enabled that button. And I was able to go through and set everything up and everything worked just fine after that. Again, I really appreciate the show. I appreciate all the effort you put in the show. It's an awesome show. And thanks again. Uh, hello, Rob. This is Philip from Green Bay. Just listening to uh, the last episode from the 20th and heard the gentleman whose wife has Straight Talk on her unlocked iPhone. Um, I've used Straight Talk and I've also used Consumer Cellular. And by far the easiest way to fix the um, the settings for the data is go to unlockit.co.nz. Uh, that's unlock IT. Dot co dot nz. You can just uh, scroll there. I think there's an option to just to set the APN and pick your carrier and you tell it to apply or accept or whatever it is and it just does it does a great job. And it works for Straight Talk and Consumer Cellular and we've got a whole lot of other ones in there. Love the show. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Gentlemen, thanks for the feedback. We also have the following email that came in. Hi, Rob. You can use the iPhone on Straight Talk to activate data. You'll have to change the APN. The easiest way I found was to connect to Wi-Fi after you insert the SIM and activate your plan. You open Safari and head to unlockit.co.nz. That's unlockit.co.nz. Very simple site, and in two to three clicks, you are all set up with unlimited everything for $45 a month. On a jailbroke and software unlock 3GS, it took me around 15 minutes total, but iMessage and MMS uh, did not work. iPhone 4, however, it was around 10 minutes total and everything works perfectly. Those two phones saved me around $120 a month. Now I am waiting to get out of the stupid Verizon contract and Straight Talk will have another customer. Please pass this info on to everyone that you can. If the big three notice enough people leaving, maybe they will improve the service instead of just raising prices. Regards, Dan in Aberdeen, Washington. Again, thanks all that called in and sent in info about Straight Talk. So if you are in the U.S., you have one of those officially unlocked from AT&T iPhones, 
and want a cheap service, it sounds like a visit to unlockit.co.nz is something you want to look into. Uh, FYI, this is a site we have mentioned in the past for other updates uh, of APNs. So it is not a site that we are just hearing about for the first time. So don't be afraid of the site. This is one many listeners have used in the past. Back into the email bag. Hi, Rob. Regarding the question about the message charging not supported with this accessory mentioned in a recent podcast, I had not seen that on my iPhone until I installed the podcast app. Actually, the podcast app was open when I plugged my iPhone into a computer using the USB cord, so I'm wondering if there is any connection between the podcast app and the message. My phone is up to date with iOS updates, and I have not changed anything else lately. Regards, Frank. Hi, Frank. I highly doubt that this is the issue. I'm running the podcast app all the time, and I have not seen this issue. And I haven't heard about it from anyone else for that matter. With that issue being the podcast app causing the interference. Aloha, Rob. It's Siobhan again from Kauai. And first of all, I'd like to uh, acknowledge and thank Frequency, the app, for having the wisdom to sponsor your recent show. I'd not heard of them until you mentioned them on your show. And of course, anybody that sponsors your show automatically shows a level of intelligence that is worthy of checking into their app, which I did and downloaded it and was surprised and pleased to find that as a news amalgamator, accumulator, gatherer, it's a uh, an awesome app to pull a lot of different video sources together. But as I was scrolling through, I found the Newsy channel. Now, Newsy is a uh, is a kind of a news gathering site. Uh, it has its own app. Uh, but the problem with the app with, with Newsy is it's just riddled with ads. It plays about a one or two two-minute clips and then throws an ad at you. And it's got ads all over the page. It's just, it's just so saturated with ads. Well, Frequency has the Newsy channel and it plays and streams whichever ones you want or you can have it auto stream all of the uh, segments without ads. That alone was well worth the price of free. Um, I'm excited. I'm very excited about frequency and about uh, developers recognizing that sponsoring your show and having their apps um, presented to the world this way is an amazing way to get visibility and it helps keep your podcast just as lickety-split wonderful as it is. So thanks to Frequency, thanks to you, and uh, Newsy, well, I got another way of listening to you now. Aloha, Rob. Siobhan, thanks for the review of Frequency and for the uber smart words. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. For your listener on July 19th episode asking about a good stylus that has a small point, here is the link to a Kickstarter project. I ordered six of them for family and friends. We need for writing orders and signing documents. Your listener should find these to be the smallest tips. Other cool factors and features, too. Check out handstylus.com. That's handstylus.com. Regards, Phil C. Back into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. The stylus that I use is the Jot, J-O-T, and it is far superior to any other stylus that I have used. They make several styles like the Mini, the Classic, and soon to release a Bluetooth one with two buttons that can be assigned to different types of brushes. Regards, David V. 
Gentlemen, thanks for your feedback on the styluses, and I will have links to both of those in the show notes for episode 234 over at todayinios.com. Thanks to John for the heads up on this next one, which is about a contest which you can enter. The city of St. Petersburg, Russia, is planning on a monument statue tourist attraction featuring the late Steve Jobs, and they want your ideas. The best idea will win some Apple gear. You have until August 6th to submit your idea. Obviously, submitting the idea of a naked Steve Jobs posed as the rodent's thinker holding an apple. Yeah, I'm sure that one already is taken. My first thought was that of a bronze 3D version of the Sistine Chapel ceiling artwork. You know, the artwork where Adam and God are reaching out to a finger towards each other. Except, replace Adam with God and God with Steve, and Steve is holding an iPad, and God is reaching out to touch the iPad. Yeah, that would be cool. And I can't at all imagine the church objecting to that, or some of you for that matter. Please note, that was meant tongue-in-cheek. Hey, what do you know? An iPod Touch 5th generation rumor. This one comes from KGI Securities Analyst Ming Chai Ku. And he claims that Apple will be updating the iPod Touch later this year with an all-new design. Okay, up to this point, not much of a stretch. As the 4th gen iPod Touch is basically two years old now. So a new update this year would be more surprising if it did not happen than if it did. And per the whole new design part, well, yeah, the iPod Touch design is a bit dated. Ming-Chi also said it would have the new in-cell touch display and 4-inch display making the rumor rounds for the iPhone 2012. So again, nothing special there, just taking some of the uh, iPhone 2012 rumors and moving them over to the 4th or 5th generation iPod Touch. He did say the design would be one of buffed aluminum of the rear shell versus the highly reflective stainless steel case of the current 4th gen iPod Touch. One other item that was strange is the report of a hole in the lower back of the iPod Touch. This info, of course, comes from an unnamed source or sources, but if the parts about the iPod Touch turn out to be true sans the hole in the lower back, it is possible the hole was just added to let Apple know which prototype it was and track back the leaked photos to those Apple knew they gave it to. Guess we'll be waiting until September, October, for more info on this one. File this next one away in the back of your mind for future Apple offerings. Seems Apple just purchased the company Authentech for $356 million. Authentech is the leading supplier of smart sensors and embedded security devices such as fingerprint readers. This acquisition seems to go well with rumors about NFC and smart wallet tech that might show up in future iOS devices. That technology from these guys is something that Apple would use is pretty clear from the purchase price. $356 million is a lot of money for an acquisition for Apple. Sure, it is small compared to what Microsoft or Google do, but Apple is not one that acquires many companies. To put this acquisition in better context, this is the third largest acquisition dollar-wise Apple has ever made in its entire history. And the two ahead of it, at $390 million, was Anobit back in December 2011. They provide tech for flash memory, kind of an important part of the whole iOS and Mac ecosystem. And the number one acquisition all time for Apple was $400 million, and that was for Next, which brought Apple two important things, the base code for OS X and Steve Jobs. 
So yes, at $356 million for Authentic, this was not an acquisition that was on a whim. It's a strategic acquisition, and look for this tech sooner rather than later in Appleware, but don't look for it in October. It's going to take a little bit longer than that. But I do think it's safe to say before the end of 2013, technology that Apple gets from Authentic will be inside some Apple products. So yes, for those overly anal in the audience, go ahead, put a calendar reminder in iCal and check back with me on January 1st, 2014 and let me know if I blew this one or got it right. Hey Rob, it's Kevin Croston from the Silicon Valley headquarters of the Nomenclature Police. Just thought I'd give you an update since uh, one of our Kansas City colleagues is very uptight about the term iPhone 5. I thought I'd let you know uh, that all these rumors about an iPad mini Everything that we've seen, including many posts on During Fireball, indicate that this device will be 7.85 inches diagonally, which last time I checked would round up to 8 inches. So there will definitely not be a 7-inch iPad this year or probably ever. An 8-inch iPad? Yeah, it's going to happen. Just saying. Kevin, thanks for the feedback. Okay, this next one falls into the iPad mini rumor territory. It is a post from Mashable that I have to admit makes a really good point. And they make the point with a chart. They show all the price points for the iPod lineup and all the price points for the iPhone lineup. And then they show the iPad price points. And you can see there is a glaring hole below the $400 price line that's not there in the other two price lineups. Now, some are saying the price point of the iPad mini needs to be in the $200 range to match the Nexus. Uh, no. Apple does not need to match the competitor's price point. Just be within $100 of it. So a 16-gigabyte iPad mini at $299 would actually be within $50 of the 16-gig Nexus 7. At the end of the day, most consumers will pay a little bit more for a simpler device with a much better ecosystem. Plus, Apple does not sell product for a loss so I just don't see a price below $299 if and when Apple announces an iPad mini or whatever it will be called, which is almost definitely not the iPad mini. Some more feedback on this. Hi Rob, I have an alternative theory around the iPad mini. I don't think Apple will make one. Instead, the iPod Touch will be upgraded to a 7-inch screen. The target demographic for the iPod Touch seems the ideal one for the, a bigger screen. As of now, due to the lower cost of prior generation iPhones through carriers, I don't think it makes much sense for the existing iPod Touch. Parents could typically buy the Touch to save money, but with a free 3GS or an iPhone 4 for less than $100, it makes sense for a parent to buy an iPhone instead of a Touch and have the added benefit of phone access for their ch child. Now, an iPod Touch with a bigger screen will introduce a new lore for the device which is very distinct from the iPhone and the iPad without any cannibalization regards Sergio. Hi Sergio, the only hole in your logic and it's kind of a big one is the iPhones are not quote free unquote with from carriers. You still have to spend thousands for the cellular plan. So an iPod Touch is a great one-time purchase. No additional cost option for parents to get their kids. I am of the belief that there will continue to be an iPod Touch similar in size to the current iPhone, whatever the current iPhone is at that time. Per an iPad Mini, I think eventually 
there almost has to be something that falls somewhere between the size of an iPod Touch and the iPad. And a lot of people feel that way, and that's pretty much why there is the iPad Mini rumor being circulated so strongly these days. Just not convinced that it is a 2012 device. I think it'll be a 2013 device, but we shall see. One thing to remember about Reuters, the news organization, they do do link bait, which I think some people forget or do not realize. You cannot trust everything they say when it comes to Apple rumors, or actually most of what they say on the rumor front. Reuters does link bait. Well, someone did not realize that and put out posts titled, Confirmed, next iPhone will have a smaller dock connector. Now, it's very possible, maybe at this point, likely even, that the next iPhone will have a smaller dock connector. But at this point, all of it is just a rumor attributed to unnamed sources at best. Remember that when reading posts about the smaller dock connector being quote-unquote confirmed, and those articles lead back to the Reuters article, remember that the Reuters article is based on sources familiar with the matter. Need I say more? Hi Rob, it's John Petrie from Sydney, Australia. I am an, an owner of a new iPhone 4S. I was wondering, is there a way to change Siri when I ask it what time it is, it brings up my location and keeps telling me that I am in Lane Cove, Sydney, when actually I am in I am in Raringa, which is the Raringa Shire Council area. Is there a way to fix that, or do I have to wait for the new iOS 6 release? Um, thank you, Rob. Bye. Hi, John. Now, I could make a whole show out of trying to figure out all the different sounds in the background when you called in, but I won't. Per your question about Siri and waiting to iOS 6, yeah, pretty much. You're going to need to remember Siri at this point is still just in beta, and it has its quirks and issues and warts and all. So when iOS 6 comes out, hopefully Siri will move out of the beta stage and you'll see much better improvement. That was one of the things actually that was talked about on developer conference that in iOS 6, Siri would be greatly improved. Back in the email bag. Hi Rob, I have an iPhone 4 running iOS 5.1.1. Recently, my battery performance has gone down significantly. I usually get at least a day and a half on a full charge, maybe more. However, the last couple of weeks, I'm lucky to get a day of, out of the charge. I wonder if this is caused by the new iOS. I'd be interested to find out if anyone else is having problems the same as me. Regards, Paul M. Hi, Paul. It is likely that you're having the battery issues due to an app you recently installed requiring location data. Check to see if you have a purple triangle at the top of the right half of the iPhone uh, along the top bar. See if you see a purple triangle up there. If so, go into the settings and turn off location settings for all the apps you have that you don't feel need your location data. Actually, do that even if you don't see the triangle. There are way, way, way too many apps asking for your location info with the only real reason that they're asking is for the ad networks for the ads that are in those apps. FYI, a few of you sent in links to the Best Buy page slash flyer showing that Verizon has lowered the price of the iPhone 4 to $49.99. Okay, beyond what I said back in October, which was don't buy the iPhone 4, just the iPhone 4S, and then if you buy the iPhone 4, you're an idiot. Well, beyond that, what this reduction means and why I am mentioning it 
it does seem to be something done to clear inventory. I was pretty much of the mindset that the iPhone 2012 would launch not until around mid or late October with the announcement somewhere in early to mid-October. But given the big drop-off of iPhone sales last quarter, maybe a September launch is not out of the question now. And one indicator of an early launch would be when folks like Verizon and Best Buy and Radio Shack start dropping prices. Thanks to those that sent in emails on the lower price of the iPhone 4. Back to the email bag. Hi Rob, with the upcoming edition of VIP lists in iOS 6, it got me thinking, why doesn't Apple color code each of your mailboxes? So when you're viewing the unified mail, uh, inbox, you can see at a glance which email is allocated to the various email addresses you have. My current iPad has six email addresses in it, and the ability to link a color or even a colored icon on the email would make my workflow a lot simpler. Appreciate your thoughts. Regards, Simo from New Zealand. And I hope I got your name right. Anyway, Simo, great idea. Hopefully someone is listening in Cupertino, and if not there, then a dev over on the jailbreak side hopefully is listening and can make that offered as a tweak. A quick reminder, if you were a funder of a Kickstarter project that you heard about here and get said product in from the company, I highly encourage you to send in feedback on said projects when they finally do ship to you. One product that just started shipping in the last two weeks is the Geode. And we talked about that one quite a while ago on the show. That was the case with the fingerprint scanner and swipe card programmer. So you can make your swipe cards look like any of your swipe cards. And this way you would not have to carry all your credit cards and debit cards or any other rewards cards. Well, I have a couple of detailed reviews of the geode. But since they are detailed, and that means long, I will put them at the end of the episode today. So after the music, at the end of the episode, stick around for the feedback on the geode if you are interested in how that turned out. Thanks, Hector and Bob, for your feedback on the geode. I just deleted a segment I had in the show. I didn't feel right and comfortable with it. It was about a project for an iPhone stun gun that's out there. And I watched the video that they had on the site. It wasn't a Kickstarter project. It was one of those other ones. It was so politically incorrect, I just didn't feel good about it. So it's not going to be in the show. Maybe I'm being overly conservative. Maybe I don't know. But if you want a stun gun, you can Google it and find it. I'm not going to give a link to it. I'm not going to put it in the show today. Now, I know there are quite a few of you out there that are going to do a Kickstarter project or some similar site like that. And I just want to say this to you. When you do your video, really think about it, look at it, and make sure the video is about the product and not about scaring people. Well, Apple put out what is likely the first of many of updates to the podcast app. And most of the update was to help bring more stability to the app, which, you know, is kind of important for an Apple app. It does appear to have worked, at least for me, with the new version of the podcast app appearing to crash a lot less and pause a lot less. So not instant access on launching, but much, much better. Officially, here is what changed slash updated on the podcast app. Significant improvements to performance and stability. Podcasts in your library now show the number of unplayed episodes. 
top stations now show the podcast title if artwork is missing. Playback speed is now remembered when playing the next episode. Fix for a problem where the subscribe button is inactive. Resolution of an issue where top stations artwork may not appear. I had the following email come in on the podcast app. Hey Rob, I really like the podcast app after using it for just a couple of days. One comment, I find it annoying that the latest episode is at the top of the list. I like the idea that one plays after another and I can keep my hands on the car steering wheel, but I wish the order of the episodes could be reversed so the last in would be the last played. Maybe I just don't know how to do that yet. Regards, Frank Phillips. Hi, Frank. Thanks for the email. Yes, you can do this now. Here is how you do it. Launch the podcast app and then make sure you are on the library side. That is where you manage your podcast subscriptions. Select one of your podcasts. Then at the top right, you will see an arrow pointing right. Tap that. That brings you to the quote settings, unquote screen. If you scroll down, you will see the option for sort this podcast. Just select oldest first. You may also want to change the number of episodes to keep, especially for a podcast with lots and lots of episodes. You don't want to select uh, oldest first and then have to scroll through 300 episodes. Uh, for example, for Mac OS Ken, I set it to keep the last five episodes and sort oldest first. This way, if one week I get behind, I can go to the oldest episode at the top, hit play, and it will continue down the list. I usually catch up on Mac OS Ken on the weekend. Frank, I hope that helped you out. Back into the email bag. Good morning, Rob. It's about time Apple Podcast app got an update. On the whole, the app does appear more solid and a lot more stable, but it's still very much a work in progress. There's still no playlist or even catalog grouping options for or push notifications when new shows drop. And more worryingly, it would appear that the app will download new shows via 3G. There doesn't appear to be any options yet to download via Wi-Fi only. This is a must when you only have one gig of data a month. Plus, where is the app-wide options? Why do I have to set up options for each individual podcast? It is improvement. But still, only a two-star app. Downcast is still king. Thanks for all you do. Cheers, Craig in Liverpool. Switching gears, Philip Elmer DeWitt over at Fortune had a really good article about Apple's fight with the DOJ and the basic petty nature of the DOJ in this case. Look, plain and simple, the U.S. government is siding with Amazon, who was basically in a monopolistic position when it came to e-books. And, well, it is crazy. When public comments were allowed, there was a 10 to 1 ratio of comments in favor of Apple and against the U.S. government. Heck, even Senator Chuck Schumer, the senator from New York, put up an op-ed piece in the Wall Street Journal calling on the current administration to drop this case. Anyway, this is a perfect example of the U.S. government backing a monopoly and hurting an industry that was already hurting. Hopefully someone in Washington wakes up and drops this case. And kudos to Apple for not caving on this. Hey, Rob. I love your show, and I was just listening to the last episode. And you were talking really big on Sprint, but I wanted to give a warning to the folks up north of Seattle. We got Sprint because it was truly unlimited. However, for the last year, we couldn't even make calls without drops and don't even talk about data. My husband and my phones had such bad connections that the phones would time out before you could even look at a web page. 
This rendered our phones Wi-Fi only for data and barely useful for, for calls. And texts, half of them never went through. We called for help a lot to Sprint. They updated us. They looked at the phones. Then they tried to blame, blame Apple. Nothing's wrong with our phones. We went to Apple. And our friend, who's also a Sprint user, came up to our area north of Seattle by Everett. Totally same problem. Could not get through, couldn't use data. We did kept this up for about a year. And when we kept complaining, they kept telling us the towers were down, whatever that means. It culminated about a month ago when my husband's wife, I mean my husband's mother, was in the hospital. That's a terrible slip. And we were literally couldn't get through. We couldn't tell if she was okay, if she was in the ER, what was happening. So we, couldn't, we tried to call Sprint to get help to figure out what was going on. We couldn't even get to them on their helpline. So I'm sure Sprint is great depending on the geographic area you're in, but in our area it was terrible. Keep up the good work. I love your show. I learned so much about it, about iOS from you. Thanks a lot. Bye. Thanks for the feedback. Sadly, not all carriers are great in all areas. Just ask anyone that has an AT&T phone in New York City. And you just have to know which carrier to go with, uh, where, depending where you live. I mean, some people are going to live in an area where only one of the carriers is going to work out well for them, and that's the one you need to go with. Uh, I'm lucky enough to live here in Kansas City where AT&T is really good and so is Sprint. I'm not sure about Verizon. Into the email bag we go. Hi Rob, since I upgraded to iOS 6 Beta 3, Siri does not work. Do you know if anyone else is experiencing the same thing? Regards, Steve Appleseed and St. Louis Mo. Hi Steve. Nope, have not heard that from anyone else. Did you do a partial update over the air or did you do the full update via iTunes on the computer? If anyone else out there is experiencing the same issue with iOS 6 Beta 3, please let us know, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or just send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. More emails on iOS 6 Beta 3. Hi, Rob. iOS 6 Beta 3 on my iPhone 4S seems better than it ever has been in the past. Regards, Kevin Appleseed. Thanks to all that sent in feedback. Next up. Hi Rob, below is a picture of my new iPad on AT&T in Washington DC metro area running the speed test app. I live close to Philadelphia and can't wait until LTE comes to my area. Regards, Walt D. Hi Walt, thanks for the photo showing 19 meg down and 26.6 meg up for your speed test. Nice. Again folks, if you have an LTE iPad Run a speed test and let me know what you are seeing for upload and download speeds in your area. Back to the email bag. Hi Rob. We Dutch and I think French have a problem with the address book of the iPhone slash iPad. Our full names you can split in four parts instead of three. Example, Jean-Peter van der Sland. Jean is the first name. Peter is the second name. Van de is the insert. And Zand is the last name. A French example would be Jean-Claude Ilamonde. Jean is the first name. Claude is the second name. Dila is the insert. And Monde is the last name. When we put the insert into the last name field, the names are sorted by the insert. When we put the insert into the second name field, they seem to be sorted well, but in web forms, the second name is ignored. Because some forms, you have to enter the insert and the last name field. On other sites, you need to enter the insert separately. Okay, I know you're not from Apple, but maybe you or some of your users with much better English can help get the insert field in the iOS address book. Regards, Marcel van der Lint. Well, Marcel, 
thank you for the feedback or the, the email. And hopefully someone listening will as Agon Cupertino and has a suggestion or a solution for you in a future update. Aloha, Rob. It's Siobhan again on Kauai. And let's say you're at your son's birthday party and he's getting ready to blow out his birthday candles and you're with your trusty iPhone wanting to catch that on video. But you can't decide if you want to zoom in close and catch his nuances and reactions as he blows out the candle or stay wide angle and catch everybody else singing happy birthday. What a dilemma. Well, not anymore. Not if you download the free app called Luma Camera. I call this a double take for many reasons. First, I went, what? Did it do what I just thought it did? Double take. Secondly, is it double takes your video? Here's what's going on. It's got an image stabilizer built in and allows you to zoom in with very stable video. It's pretty amazing. And record whatever it is you're recording, your son's birthday, singing happy birthday. When you hit the stop button, it archives it into the app's onboard library. Now the magic comes when you go into that library, you have the choice to export it, of course, to your camera roll. And if you do, that's great. You get your regular exported video with all the zoom and stabilization intact. But if you hit the little button in the bottom to say turn off the effects, you get the natural, unaltered, wide-angle video, which you can also export to your camera roll. Now you got both versions, the close-up zoom, the wide-angle. A little bit of tricks with iMovie, and you got yourself a really nice edited full video of your complete son's birthday party. Or whatever else it is you want, both a close-up and wide-angle. Now there's two apps, one's called Luma Video Camera, that's the old one. But the newest version, Luma Camera, is the one that features this special ability to save multiple versions of one recording and play with them later. Hope that helps everybody that likes to do a two-camera shot with a one-camera operation. Aloha from Kauai. Siobhan, thank you for that feedback. And I need to make a note here to go and download Luma Camera after today's episode. Switching gears, Apple has a new Siri commercial. This one stars Martin Scorsese, or as Siri calls him, Marty. I love the homage to Taxi Driver as the whole commercial is out of the back of a New York taxi. Interestingly, I saw a couple of reviews of the commercial that stated most people would not know who Martin Scorsese is. Hmm, really? Guess I'm out of touch with the masses on this one, but I do love movies and I'm from New York originally, so maybe that's just why I know who he is. But anyway, I thought it was a good commercial. So if you know who Martin Scorsese is, you're going to like this commercial. And if you don't, it's still a good shot of how Siri can work. Although probably not very realistic, it happens very quickly. We talked previously about a Russian hacker that figured out how to work around the in-app purchases so that you did not need to, you know, purchase them. Well, that hacker is reporting that in iOS 6, Apple has a fix to the exploit he used. Apple also says in iOS 6, they will have a fix for the issue and then gives advice to devs on what to do in the interim to patch their apps to prevent this. This includes being allowed to use a previously restricted API, you know, the type that if you used it in the past, you get your app rejected for. If you are a dev and need more info on this, look for the link in the show notes for episode 234 titled Apple says iOS 6 to fix in-app purchases fraud. And look for that over at todayinios.com. My son recently said to me, and I paraphrase, Dad, you can have too much ice cream and you can have too much candy, but you can never have too many toys. 
Oh, such wisdom for such a young boy. Anyway, I mention that because it appears with iOS 6, you can have too many toys, or in this case, apps. In the past, you could only see 11 screens of apps, but you could have as many as you wanted on your iOS device, as long as you had enough storage for all the apps. However, in iOS 6 beta, it seems there is a limit to the amount of toys or apps we can have on, the, uh, on our iOS devices. Essentially, what is being reported is that when you have over 500 apps installed, you will begin to experience slow booting issues. Exceed 1,000 apps and your iOS device won't even boot at all. I know some of you in the past have emailed in or called in about having well over 500 apps and a couple of you have reported having over 1,000 apps. If you are one of those people and you are running iOS 6, please let us know what your experience has been. This is Fred from Michigan with a Siri tip for your listeners. I have a dog named Nala, and when I text my wife and it relates to Nala, Siri would never get the name right. But I found that if I added the word Nala to my address book, then suddenly Siri started to get it right. And I thought that might be a useful tip for anybody that has a name that they frequently dictate that is uh, mangled by Siri. Just add it to the address book, and then she finds it and uses it. Hope that helps. Love the shop. Fred, thanks for the tip. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. I have photos and videos and events in iPhoto. I use iTunes to sync what events I want to my iDevices. Sometimes I want videos and the events to be synced too. Sometimes it depends on the event. I know the checkbox in iTunes that says include videos, but that is a setting that is too large for me. Do you know of a way to choose which events sync photos and videos and then other events not sync the videos so it doesn't fill up my iDevice with videos of stuff that I don't want? Thanks, Drew K. Hi, Drew. I think you kind of SOL as far as being able to select for events. Uh, I don't know of a way to do this, but if anyone has a suggestion for Drew, please let us know. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG or email todayinios at gmail.com. My only other suggestion would be for you to make uh, folders for the photos that you would have normally wanted for events. Uh, so the ones that um, you want to have with yeah, I don't even know if that's even going to work. Because so you would do the folders without the pictures. Yeah, so you could do the folders with just pictures and then only sync the certain events you want and have the events that you do want to be the ones that have the videos. So essentially, you're syncing events, specific events that have videos and photos, and one events that you don't want to sync with the videos, just you want to sync the photos, you create the folders for those and then sync over those extra um, folders. I think that will work. But again, if anyone else has any suggestions on this, let us know. Hi, Rob. As far as you know, is there any such limit specifically for photos on the iPad? I've read in several discussion forums that people experiencing limits restricted to 16 gig, regardless of whether they had 32 or 64 gig iPad. And these people supposedly had way more than enough available storage left in their iPad to accommodate the photos otherwise. Regards, Ben. Hi, Ben. I know of no such limit and was able to easily get over 16 gig of photos and movies on my iPad. However, I do not, or do not have or did not have uh, just 16 gigs of photos alone. 
So I will ask if anyone knows for sure that they are have over 16 gigs of photos only and have that synced on their iPad. Let us know. Call or email. Hi, Rob. About the Olympics app in Canada, we have the CTV Olympic London app. Regards, Kevin. Another email. Hi, Rob. Do you know if I can have one iCloud account to two iPhones, me and my wife? I already back up my iPhone to iCloud since it doesn't back up to the computer, and I want to back up her iPhone also to iCloud because her backup to the computer is stuck and doesn't manage to finish. Me and my wife use different computers. Thanks for your help, Alon. Hi, Alon. Don't thank me, as I'm not really sure on this one. I will send this one out to the listeners, so if anyone out there uh, uses iCloud for backing up your iOS devices and you're using one iCloud account and you're backing up multiple iOS devices, can you send in some advice for Alon? 206-666-6364, 206-MoonDog, or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Hi, Rob. This is Jeff from Arkansas, and I wanted to call in with an app review. It's been one I've been meaning to, uh, to call in about for a while. Uh, it's called iExit, and this app is specifically designed for inter- interstate driving. And uh, I don't you know, drive on the interstate a lot, but you know, occasionally we'll go on trips, and any time that we do go on the interstate, this app is, is fantastic, and I, I really love using it. I wish it could actually be used on any road, but basically what it does is once you get on the interstate and you pull it up, it will show you in a list view all of the upcoming exits uh, in front of you. So it you know, actually figures out what direction you're going and then shows you uh, in sequence all of the exits. And then next to each exit, it'll show you icons to indicate what's at that exit. So you know, an icon for gas stations or restaurants or hotels, um, all that kind, of, that kind of thing. You can set it to filter out exits that don't have any points of interest. So, you know, only show me exits that have gas stations, restaurants, uh, that's that sort of thing. And you can also set in your settings the, the distance that you want it to show you. So uh, for me, you know, when I stop at an exit, oftentimes I'm just wanting to fill up with gas quickly. So in that case, you know, the last thing I want to do is pull off on the exit only to find that the nearest gas station is like two miles into a town. Um, so what you can do is actually set it based on distance increments. So I could set my gas stations to, you know, only show me if there's a gas station at an exit, if those gas stations are within a quarter of a mile uh, and things like that. Again, for interstate driving, I think it's awesome. And uh, again, it's called iExit. And I just checked the app store and it's actually only 99 cents. I think when I bought it, it was $2.99. I'd say for anybody that even occasionally uh, does traveling on the interstate, uh, this is a must-have app. Thanks, Rob, and I look forward to the next show. Bye. Thanks to John for this next one. And it is in the, gee, never saw this one coming category. Comes a story of a woman that brought her iPhone into Best Buy and handed it over to a Geek Squad member. This woman wanted the Geek Squad member to transfer hundreds of photos, numbers, and contacts to her newly purchased iPhone. Now you can see the issue already. Yep, in those photos, there were racy photos, and the Geek Squad member copied them to his computer, and not her iPhone, her new phone, and then told her to come to his house if she wanted them back. Folks, if you put racy photos of yourself on your phone, and you give said phone to a stranger, a likely undersexed Geek Squad member type person, um, 
What did you think was going to happen? Okay, in fairness, his telling her to come to his place is way, way, way too creepy. In most cases, all that happens is the photos wind up on some amateur porn site. And yes, this case was way, way worse than that. But still, it comes back to the original person handing over a device with Ray photos, which you should never do. Thanks to Tony for this next article, which is more a really, really, really long rant about iOS versus Android from the perspective of a dev trying to make money. So if you are a dev and are thinking of crossing over to developing on the Android side, well, you definitely want to check out this post. Look for the one titled Closed for Business in the show notes for episode 234 over today on iOS.com. This next one has nothing to do with the iOS universe other than reminding you the grass is definitely not greener on the other side. It is a post from ZDNet about malware for Android. I know nothing special there, ton of that on the Android side, but this one is funny from an iOS perspective because the malware is packaged with a legit copy of the Opera browser. What does this malware do? Well, it sends international text messages which cost the user mucho dinero. As the article points out, the first sign the user is infected with this malware is when they get their phone bill. But hey, on the glass is half full side, here's an example of some devs actually making money on Android. Just saying. If you listen for a long time, or really even not that long, I often get down on reporters, be it for blogs or mainstream media, for their lack of anything close to journalism 101 behavior. And this past week, saw a great example of that when WP Central reported that the Surface tablet prices would start at $1,000. Let's face it, it's bat-dung crazy uh, when you hear pricing like that. Uh, say what you will about Bomber, but he ain't that dumb. But that did not stop a whole bunch of people on re-reporting the story. I think the best article I read about this was from Edbot at ZDNet, that really called out a few of these on this issue. And I just want to say kudos to Edbot for his article. Well done. Nice to see some sanity in a sea of craziness. If you want to see that article, just look for Rumor of Pricing of Surface Highlights Trouble with Web Rumors and links in the show notes for episode 234. In the Oh No They Didn't category comes the following quote. Quote, both Phone Arena and App for Phone neither of which has a proven track record with pre-release iPhone rumors, unquote. This is with regards to the latest rumor of September 21st for the iPhone 2012 for a launch. That quote was from, wait for it, wait for it, BGR. Yikes. Talk about people in glass houses throwing stones. If not for Digitimes, BGR would have the worst track record on the rumor front. But for now... They'll just have to settle for second worst record. Just saying. So are you curious to see what some iPad and iPhone prototypes that were created and rejected by Apple look like? Well, normally you would never get a chance to see said prototypes unless one winds up on eBay over Memorial Day weekend and sells before Apple has a chance to yank it. Or if it shows up at another time, it does get yanked shortly thereafter. But thanks to Apple v. Samsung, some photos of different iPhone and iPad prototypes have made the light of day. The Verge has a nice post showing a bunch of photos, which they got from the legal docs filed in the case. One has octagonal corners, kind of looks like something you would have seen in Battlestar Galactica. And interestingly, it had no dock connector. 
There are some others sans the home button. There is even a thinner iPhone, barely wider than the 30, and I should say thinner, I should say narrower um, iPhone, barely wider than the 30-pin dock connector. Overall, it is pretty clear why many of these never made the cut, but still interesting to see nonetheless. Look for the links at the ends of the show notes for episode 234. One more email. Hi, Rob. I noticed I had never submitted a review of the TI app, so I have corrected this oversight. Perhaps you could mention that others should also write a review so they can post your rating for the most recent version of the TI app. Regards, John. Hi, John. Well, I think you just did mention it on the show. Thanks. Folks, if you have the TI app and like it, write a positive review in iTunes, and that would be really great. If you don't like it, uh, then uh, yeah, um, well, we're working on it. But if you don't have the TI app, it's just $2.99 in the App Store, and it is the best way to consume this show. Forget Instagram or the podcast app. Only the TI app gets you push messages from me, and only the TI app lets you email or call in to the show directly from the app. Just search TII in the App Store. Another nice feature of the TI app, there is a links list. So you can see all the links we mention in the show and the order as we're going through it. So you can follow along on the links list as you're listening to the show and see the different articles I'm talking about. Pause what I'm talking, read the article, and then start the episode back up, and then wait till the next article comes along that interests you. Again, search for TII in the App Store, $2.99. Would really appreciate your support of the show. Speaking of support of the show, I want to mention our sponsor today, and that's Audible. Go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash today and iPhone. That's audiblepodcast.com forward slash today and iPhone. And remember, check out the preview of uh, the trailer for Cloud Atlas out there. Once you see that trailer for Cloud Atlas, uh, you won't even make it all the way through. You're going to be running back to uh, Audible to download that book. So Cloud Atlas, really I recommend that. Check it out. And you can download that download Cloud Atlas now from iTunes and that from iTunes from Audible and that can be your free audiobook download. Can you tell it's the end of the episode and someone didn't take his five hour energy drink today? Uh, so again, audiblepodcast.com forward slash today and iPhone and your free audiobook can be Cloud Atlas this time. Okay, I think we're gonna wrap things up here. As always, if you have any tips, tricks, recommendations, app reviews, rants, raves, whatever it is. Give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Don't forget to stick around after the music if you want to hear the reviews of the Geode case by uh, Hector and Bob that were sent in. Uh, so again, the Geode's out there, and we've got some uh, detailed reviews of that at the end of today's episode. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I.
mentioned earlier, here is some feedback on the Geode Kickstarter project that just started shipping. Hi Rob, I backed the Geode on Kickstarter and got mine last week. Here is the very early review. The Geode is an iPhone case that is supposed to be a digital wallet. It contains a card with a magnetic strip that can be configured to be all of the credit debit cards you currently carry in your wallet. Additionally, there is an e-ink window on the back that can display your so-called loyalty cards. Mine arrived late last week and I followed the instructions to download the app and let the app walk me through the setup. The setup was very well done. In putting the case on the phone, I noticed that it didn't quite fit. There are two clamshell pieces that didn't slide together as nicely as they did when there was no iPhone in the case. That left a small gap, but it doesn't seem to affect the operation. I managed to get all of my debit credit cards scanned in easily. They provide you with a small magnetic strip reader that temporarily attaches to the base and it works well. Likewise, using the phone's camera, I was able to scan my loyalty cards. This is a fingerprint, there is a fingerprint scanner at the base of the unit and it works well. I scanned it with my right thumb, it's set up and the scan seems to work every time. I tried to trick it using other fingers and it wouldn't let me into the app. When I first tried to magnetize the geode card, I got an error message stating that there was no card in the slot. I contacted iCache and the company that makes the geode and they got back to me immediately and FedExed a new card, acknowledging the fact that some other users had a similar problem. The new card arrived today along with a $15 iTunes card for my troubles, nice touch. Now there, here's the problem. The geode card is thicker than a credit card. Today, when I went to use an ATM, it wouldn't fit. Not good. I'm sure it will swipe just fine at point of sale scanners, but not if you have to insert it into a slot. I haven't used the e-ink features yet, but it appears from that it should work. I'll let you know more soon, but I'm not sure if I'll be using the geode much. Uh, from the time you launch the app and scan your fingerprint and the card is magnetized and the e-ink is updated, it takes about 25 seconds. I can pull a card from my wallet in two to three. Additionally, the 30-pin connector is swallowed up in the case, negating any peripherals such as the custom phone holder charger on my dashboard. They gave you a USB be a mini USB cord to charge without removing the geode case, but that doesn't help much with peripherals, so I have to constantly put on and remove the geode. Not sure how the plastic case will hold up to that. I'll keep you posted, but hope, uh, hopefully they can address some of the issues that make the geode not nearly as convenient as a wallet and actually unusable in some instances. Regards, Bob. Hi, Rob. I recently received my geode from iCache one week ahead of schedule, delivery date, and right off the bat, I found an issue. I received a faulty card 
that would not activate and show a data error with card not found. Turns out that they had a few reports already, so they are going to ship me a new card on Monday. The device seems great, but the right side of the seam where the top and bottom meet does not like to stay flush. Not too much of a big deal, but I wish it would get and stay together like other like the other side. I found that you can charge the phone with a geode but on, but you can't sync via the micro USB. And being that the geode will always be on for most people, you would figure they would have found a way to make it sync without having to remove the geode. Time for me to look into AirSync. Overall, I like the feel and look of the geode on my iPhone. It feels like it's more firmly secured on my hand and I don't feel like it's going to fly out of my hand at any minute. The fingerprint feature is great. It allows you to set up more than one finger to use uh, with the geode. It is pretty sensitive. My thumb had a little dirt on it, which I had wiped away with a cloth and it would not recognize my thumb until I washed my hand. Uh, all buttons are easily accessible. They did a good job with that. The barcode generator looks great, but I have not had a chance to use it yet. Battery, yes, it does make uh, your battery diminish a little quicker, not too much, so I don't mind uh, it, but do expect a charge in how, a change in how long your battery lasts. It would be nice if in the future they came with a battery backup also, but that could be a little bulkier. The geode software is very nice. You can tell that they took their time to plan all the extra details like the credit card images and the way that they would display on the screen. The cards, when generated, get a color assigned to them, and I wish there was a way to assign a color of your choice. Maybe in the next release that would be an option. Well, that's all I have for now, and I like, I'm like i liking the geode a lot. Regards, Hector from Auburn. And then Hector wrote back, Hi Rob, Hector again. I found the geode will sync via the micro USB connection. What I found is that it depends on the micro USB cable you use if it will sync. I have a few of those cables, so opted for using one of my own instead of the one that came with the device. While using the phone, I had another cable at work, which was from Samsung, and that showed the phone on the computer actively connected, but it did not uh, have iTunes. I did not have iTunes at work. Uh, so once home, I tried the cable included with the unit, and uh, we have sync. The cable is branded Mono Price, I, and I bought from them before, but I wonder why it is different between all three of the cables. The Samsung will connect, but will not do a full sync. It will disconnect halfway through, and the other cable only charges, while the one that came with the unit from Monoprice will work just fine. Can this be a proprietary thing where we have to get the cables from the makers of the geode? In any case, I'll wait to hear what others say about the geode. Thanks, Hector from Auburn. And then Hector sent in one more email. Hi, Rob. iCache sent me two geo cards so far, and my geo fried both of the cards. So now I have three useless geo cards. They are going to ship me a whole new unit with a new geo card. So let's see how this one works out. They sent me a $15 iTunes gift card with every piece of mail they sent so far, so I'm happy with the support. Plus, they responded within hours every time you send them a message. Just trying to keep you in the loop on my geoded experiences. Regards, Hector in Auburn, New York. 
Again, Hector and Bob, thank you for your feedback. And anyone else out there who's gotten any other projects from Kickstarter that they supported and those products have been shipped to them, please call in or send in a review. And this time, now we really are done for today. Ciao.